Hello and welcome to the Bite-Sized Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are John Christian and Troy Sandler. We're also joined by our special guest, the, Hi. the GM Tim. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Hey, hey, Hello. Hey. So let's break down how this podcast is going to work. There will be Please. two courses tonight, like we do in America. We have our dessert first, and then we have our main course that we'll gorge ourselves on. Mm. Um, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, no. that's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, each course is going to tackle a different angle on the world of RPGs, and we'll cover exactly what those angles are when we get ready and dive into each segment. You guys ready? Ready. Yeah. ready. We are All ready. right. So our first segment is our dessert course. This is our community pulse. Uh, new items from around the community or things that we fell in love with for the first time this week or things that we want to inspire you guys with for the first time. Uh, so we have a whole host of things, but I kind of want to start with our lovely guest today. Tim, uh, could you give us a um, a description of who you are, what, you, what you've got going on, and I'd love for you to hype your uh, Fierce Adventures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so hi, uh, I'm the GM Tim. Uh, I'm a professional game master in Vancouver in Canada. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm a, a game master, a judge with Baldwin Games, and I, and I, I teach people how to DM. And, uh, yeah, I have like 10 games on the go and in a month. Gosh. And, um, I am writing for the Adventures League, and I do, a, one of the games that I do is a D&D drag show. So yes. uh, right now, because of, you know, COVID, yay, uh, I'm not allowed to do it live. So that's okay, though, because we don't want to get people sick. So we're doing it online, and we'll uh, – I don't know. When does this drop? When does this one this, drop? This one will be in about a week and a half. So so you should so have your it, first episode up. Yeah, no, it will be coming out. We've we've just decided to delay because of reasons. So, gotcha. Uh, yeah, so it'll, it'll likely be uh, coming up soon. So uh, hit up Norse Foundry to watch it. Norse Foundry. Yeah, Delight we're not going to do drag show, but we're going to have <coughs> drag queens playing D&D. And believe me when I tell you, it's ridiculous. The last time they killed a dragon, they yeeted its horn off. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I, I got yeah. to catch the little playtest episode, and it was a delight. And I'm really excited because <laughs> most of us won't make it to Canada to watch a live show. So yeah, these, like for a these while, streams right? are – yeah, not for yeah, a while. for quite a while. Um, but these streams are a great way for us to get to check it out. So – I'm excited. Um, they can go right now uh, and check out some of your earlier content and some of this early content if they want to on your on your own Twitch channel, can't they? Uh, yeah, uh, I have I have stuff up on my own Twitch channel. I also have stuff up on YouTube, and if you hit my website, the gm the gmtim uh, you can find links to everything there because there's lots. Of, I got lots out there. I even do some writing and stuff. So I wrote a goblin adventure called "I Am Goblin and So Can You." Awesome. And uh, we'll we'll post all the links to some of uh, Tim's stuff and ways that you can find him in the uh, in the comment section below. So we'll have all the goodness. Awesome, awesome. Well, if you think of something else that you want to hype during this section, uh, definitely let us know. But we'll move 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 along into some of these other things. Okay, uh, I'm gonna hype uh, the Player's Guide to Orient. This is another product put out by friend of the show, David Barentine. He came on a few months ago and hyped his first Kickstarter, and it did uh, an amazing amount of success. 
went bonkers. And uh, he had a clamoring amongst his supporters for a player's guide that had all the player options and the campaign setting and things like that as part of it. Um, so we have put together a little zine, and uh, we're it's up on Kickstarter right now. Um, it's doing really well. Uh, started on June 1st, and as of this recording, uh, day one, it's about half funded. So I think we're going to make it, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, I think uh, all the early bird perks are gone, but uh, you can still pick up a copy of the zine for like 15 bucks, and uh, it's going to be a really good deal. He does a lot of custom art for it. It's going to have a whole bunch of fun character options, and uh, it's not only good for your own or for his world and his campaign that he's putting out, but it's also going to be great just to integrate into any of your um, uh, fantasy RPG settings. So, Cool. Cool. Yep. Done uh, backed it. There you go. Perfect. Thank you, Troy. Uh, let's see. Troy, you got a couple three things, so why don't you start three, hyping? Yeah. yeah. Well, as of as of this recording, uh the nation is is uh is in the throes of some of some protesting. Um and uh, the DM's guild has announced they're putting together a uh, Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter bundle. Mm-hmm. And they are asking for uh uh submissions to that right now and the uh the money raised from this bundle goes to uh either a charity or a bail fund i'm guessing of the submitters choice yeah amazing uh, yeah so that's pretty cool uh right now we don't know what's going to be in the bundle as of this recording doesn't matter buy it yeah but by the time but by the time this this uh podcast drops it should be available and it's going to be sweet i have that have a feeling yes the dm's guild has done a really good job in the past and they continue to do a good job of paying attention to what's going on in the world around them and and using the the resources and the community that they have at their disposal to to help move progress along so props to them and this is yet again another another way that they're making, making, helping make a difference. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, and then who knows? You might even see some familiar names in in that product when it comes out. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, and also on the whole uh, shoulders of the of this protest going on, uh, Critical Role announced that they are not going to do any broadcasting or promotional work this whole week. It's part of the reason of, why we're delaying our show. Yeah, in support of Black Lives Matter, which is which is pretty cool. Um. Yeah they they have went they went dark for this week. So help me understand, Troy, because uh, frankly, because I haven't seen that, I didn't see that announcement until you just brought it up. So what is the thought behind Elaine? Is it just so that the attention can stay focused on the protests, or is there another um, section? That, that is that is my guess. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, exposition behind uh, the announcement. It was just saying, you know, we didn't want to take away from anything. We want the focus to be where it needs to be. And that's on, you know, reform in, in this country, which we sadly, sadly uh, need. The and best way to look at it is, is is as like today we're recording and today starts Pride Month. But realistically, yes. we don't want to take away from anyone who's um, quite frankly being like, like we don't want to take away from the fact that like 
black people started pride for God's sakes. Like the, the whole, the whole pride protest in Stonewall was started because of a black trans woman mm. who was yes. fierce as hell. And, <laughs> and we wouldn't have pride if it weren't for her. So frankly, I think everyone should kind of go dark and let, and this should be the focus. We should be giving this space to be talked about because it's really important that it be, that it be talked about and really acknowledged, not just, not just, oh, look, it's happening for five days. We talk about it for five days and then 24 hour news cycle comes up with something else. So I think a lot of places like, like, um, critical role, um, and even like, that's why, that's why we're probably delaying, uh, is because, you know, like, it's it's a it's it's important that this gets like really paid attention to, not just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it happened. It's like no, this really needs to be paid attention to because yeah. it's, it's not. It We're all does. guilty of it, and we all need to like really stop and and start to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, Sorry, I didn't so. mean to get preachy. No, 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 that is, least, that is. I hate to transition. Um, I feel like there's always this point of, of, of we get on something and we, and we'd like to stay there, but, um, for sake of keeping this episode concise, um, let's, let's dive in to the next thing. Troy, you just wanted to touch real quick on D and D live. Yeah. Uh, and, and we can all speak to that. D and D live is coming. It's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And, and, it, and it's in support of red nose day. Um, and you can, you might be able to play at one of our tables. All you got to do is, yeah. uh hit up the link in, in uh, hopefully the show notes here and uh, a, a don a donation to red nose day of $10 hmm. gets you uh, a spot at somebody's table. That's running the introduction introduction to season 10 of the adventurers league. Mm-hmm. And um, the DMS are sweet. Yes. It's top and tier. Th- Yep. There might be a few celebrities doing some games and stuff too that you can watch on Twitch and and whatnot. Um, like you could watch David Harbor and Brendan Routh play D and D for the first time. Uh, you could watch a bunch of WWE wrestlers uh, playing with uh, Jeremy Crawford. I'm, I'm really excited to watch that. By the way, yeah, there's a oh whole... yeah, those guys are nuts. God, I hope they're all bards. <laughs> I hope they're all bards. Could you imagine? Oh, it'd be so good. Oh, <laughs> it'd be so good. I'm really oh, excited oh. to see the the new players playing for the first time live. Like my hope, yes. like that's always a fun visual to watch. And um, I know that these are actors that are getting on there, but they're still getting on there for the first time. So I think hopefully yes. we're going to see that light bulb click on. And that excitement in their voice—that is—that is the—that's the, uh, that's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think there's a lot of cool things. Um, but yeah, definitely come play some D D and D with us. I think you have a pretty good chance uh, of getting into somebody who's been on this podcast game, because uh, because yes. quite a few of us are are uh, running at that convention for quite a few slots. Um, and we'll we'll quite put a up few, quite a few. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yes. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work. I, people smarter than I might, but um, I don't know that you can pick your DM at this point. I think there, there's more of an assignment sort of a thing. Um, but I think I'm running 19 games, so just keep donating ten dollars, and maybe you'll, you know, you have a pretty good chance there, of. There you go. Yeah. You're doing what? You're nuts. Yeah. It's going to be yeah, fun. I'm doing, eight, a, I'm doing 18. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing 17. There you go. Oh 
my god. It's gonna How many are awesome. you doing, Flacker? <laughs> doing like eight. And, and, and running and running my full time job and working other stuff and working my part time uh, job. So it's Slacker. Yeah. I, first slacker. I felt guilty and now I'm like, nah, you're all taken up. You can do it. Whatever. Yeah. No, it's gonna uh, be awesome. I think I just needed my uh I needed my fix. That's what this is. Yeah. We needed my conventions fix. And so when Dave put out the call, I'm like just put me down. Whatever you need, yeah. I'm there. So, uh, yeah, so. I said give me the give me the max. But if there's anything that you want in between, you run into you know, run into any gaps. Anybody gets sick or or sick and tired of running, then I'll probably yeah. I mean, just let me know. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'm there's always origins. Excited. Oh my gosh, origins it's gonna be great. Online. Origins online. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, we should hype that. I know that we're not gonna be able to be a part of it because we're doing the other thing, but Origins Online yeah. is gonna be a blast. Um, yeah, you should definitely still go and play some games there. Um, it's still ran by Bald Man. It's still going to be a, a riot. It's still going to be uh, an, an incredible time. And you can play things other than Season 10 stuff. So if you want to complete your Season 9 experience, uh, that's a good way to do it. Yep, yep. Anything else that you guys want to cover in our Community Pulse section? Well, I think I've hogged the mic enough on mine. So Definitely I have. <laughs> okay. But you're the guest. So that's, you're the that's guest. Cool. We want we want to hear your yeah. Um, There's being guests tones. And overseeing. You're welcome. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to do that. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, then let's move on. Let's do our main course. Uh, this is DMs on DMing. Uh, we're going to take one topic and we're going to cover it for a little while and just get all of our inputs, different things that we've used at our tables, different things that we've read or seen other people use, and today. We're going to talk about skill challenges. Skills? Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, so it's the skill challenges being the, 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 our attempt to narrow down a discussion of skills to one thing. But here's the thing in 5e, we're going to end up talking about skills as a whole. Um, there's just no way around it. Um, yeah. So who wants to start us off? Um, I think. Well, may I ask a question? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So can you define what you mean by skill challenge when you say skill challenge? Because I have an idea in my head, but after hearing you say that, I'm not sure if it's the same idea you have. Sure. That's a, I think that's a, that's a brilliant way to start this thing. So in my mind, in my mind, a skill challenge is an expanded series of skill checks that have a... a several different levels of success and failure integrated in them. Right. I'll, I will, I'll say, I'll expand on that and say it is a skill-based encounter, right? It's like we talk about encounters that are combat related and there are obviously there are combat skills that are incorporated into that too, but it is um, like the various degrees of success and failure are aggregated as opposed to a single skill is a binary good bad result it is an accumulation of multiple skill checks that are made <clears throat> even i would even argue ability scores or, or ability checks right not just skill checks but ability checks right like uh, uh saving throws whatever and it's the the accumulation of the the roles of successes and failures and if there are you know this came, this came out of 4th edition Really, more than I think the, yes. the more like in your face, this is it. Like we're going to call it what it is. We're calling it a, a skill challenge, right? Or giving putting, putting a name on it anyway. That's probably that's probably mine. It is an encounter 
of multiple skill checks to accumulate success or failure as opposed to just one and done. one roll dictating, right? Mm. Cool. Uh, who else has a definition that's counter or that that, that adds things? Or more See, succinct me, than what I said. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, every time, I, to me, a skill challenge is every time you roll the dice and use a skill. Every time. Mm. Whether it's, yeah, whether it's passive or not, I would actually argue that even even when you're not using a dice, I would say anytime you're using a skill, it's a challenge. Because mm. either, either you've challenged something or the DM is challenging your skill. So either way. Okay. okay. I mean, I, I, I accept accept that as a definition yeah i accept that okay. <laughs> okay i think you're gonna have to sell me like like that's what this is right it's it's okay. it's 40 imps giving different opinions so you're gonna have some variance but you're i think you're gonna have to sell me on that as useful as a useful definition though all right, I, I, I'll, I'll wait till I hear Troy's definition first. Oh, yeah. Only, yeah. I got you a definition. Damn right. Uh, well, the other three of us have, so yeah. Do you have anything to add? Uh, Here, taking over the hosting. Right. Do it, dude, right? <laughs> Let yeah, me host cool. you that's three. Cool. <laughs> we, we expected nothing less. I know. <laughs> uh, my, my thing with skill challenge, maybe they should be called uh, a skill encounter. As you have a combat right. encounter, this could be a skill encounter. It's where the the PCs have to come up with uh, creative uses of their various skills and abilities to overcome the uh, the task that is placed in front of them. Whether it's a chase through a through a crowded city, um, you're rushing to uh, to find the the how to perform the ritual that's going to stop the zombie horde from overrunning the city mm -hmm. uh, in in a certain amount of time or pretty much anything where Indiana Jones isn't shooting somebody <laughs> is a skill uh, challenge is a, is pretty much a skill challenge yeah like when when he's when he's getting through all of the the traps mm -hmm. it, once he gets to the to the idol it's a skill challenge to figure out how much sand do I take out of my little bag? Can I do the skill to replace the, the, the idol with the bag and then realize, no, you can't. And now you have to run. Hmm. You know, I'll go one step further. I'll challenge you on what you just said. Hmm. Okay. Even, even, even when he's in the market and dude with sword comes up, that could be an insight check to see whether or not it's worth it to shoot him or to fight him with his whip. Hmm. Sure. That could be, but we all know it was just because he had the flu. So, <laughs> oh yeah, total dysentery. Yeah, yeah. The best know. part is knowing that kind of makes it that much better because you can see how horrible he looks. Like, oh, like yeah, oh yeah. It's just like oh, what a bad day that was. <laughs> the, the most real so moment of that entire yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so let's do this. Let me ask you this: if if I was to ask you to write a skill challenge into an adventure. How how would you how would you do that or what would you expect if I said I've written a skill challenge what would you expect that to look like on the written page? Wh who? Anybody? 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 Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Tim okay. is our guest. I think you should go first. Yeah, you got to say good. Go, Tim. <laughs> Hot spot. 
Yeah. Potsy. Um, Potsy. So how would it look? Yeah. I mean, okay. So do you know what? I'll use my new Goblin Adventure coming up because that's one I'm releasing soon. So in the Goblin Adventure, they have to they have to climb a cliff. And I'm going to use it because it's really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many ways you can climb a cliff. You can just straight up try and climb it. And and your skill challenge is going to be harder than if you used a rope. And if you used a rope and got up there, or if you climbed up, then tied the rope, that's the only skill challenge I would have happen in that encounter. Done. Mm-hmm. Now everyone else just climbs the rope. Because I think one thing that D&D fails to remind people is that the dice are not important unless they are. Hmm. Don't roll until you need to. Yes. That's a and good I think, thing. I, yeah. I think that gets forgotten a very great amount. Like, I don't want to roll all the time because it's, it's, it's like the reverse of we tell people... Uh, well, I, I can't speak for every DM, but uh, many DMs I know will have somebody roll perception and they will see the dice roll two and they will instantly have the other four people at the table go, I'm going to roll perception. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. Well, I can. I would think that I would see something. You're right. You might. But you know what? Your buddy just checked for you but looked you at you and said, hey, it's good. Mm-hmm. So guess what? It's good. <laughs> and we can't do the reverse to the players if we don't like it being done to us. So if we don't like it when we have a player go, I want to roll, even though I know they'll need to, then why are we asking players to do the same? And I think yeah. skill challenges need to really hit that mark. Mm. You don't need everyone to roll at the table for a skill challenge unless you do. Yeah. that uh, One of the things, one of the ways I've heard it say is like, um, um, don't ask anyone to make a roll that doesn't matter. Right. Right. Like if it's not if it if 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 having this roll done success or fail isn't going to influence the adventure in some way, shape, or form, or influence the moment, then why are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I would even say like that. So yes, but however, even if even if you allow it, like don't feel that you can't allow it. I would sure, say sure. I would say better a better way to put that would allow for the players to come up with stuff then because if you're going to allow a dice roll you have to also in your mind be ready for a one or you have to be ready for a 20 and both of those should offer some incredible Mm -hmm. dice rolling and some awesome storytelling Mm -hmm. a one should be a dice check so i've had some of my best skill challenges come out of a one Mm -hmm. like some of the best things that came or sorry some of the best things that came out of a skill challenges were a one. Hmm. So I would make them roll. And because you made them roll, they got a one or not even made them roll. Let them roll. If -hmm. you let them roll and they roll a one, then you really celebrate it. Don't punish them. You want to make it part of the story. You want to make it part of that thing. That's going to be like Mm -hmm. that much, that much better that you can play with. Mm -hmm. Cool. Love it. Uh, John, you sit. You sitting there looking all pondering and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your thoughts? How would you How would you do a skill challenge, or how do you interpret that? Uh, so, um, skill. T- I, I'm with I'm with Tim on this, where the superfluous, unnecessary 
checks, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've been guilty of them in the past. Something as simple as uh, a player wants to climb up a ten, like a ten foot pole, and I make them roll an athletics check, which is just silly because if they fail, they do it again. They do, fail, they do it again until rinse and repeat until they succeed, yeah. which makes it which makes it pointless. So mm-hmm. if if there's going to be to me, a skill challenge is something that's more complicated than just saying I roll a medicine check or something like that. that that's really what it is to me. And when I, I know that I kind of I, – I think I over-explained it previously. But I, I think a really good example of, of one is from Over the Edge, which was a season seven intro adventure. There was a four-parter. And in that one, you go into a cave full of uh, uh, Yuan-Ti and the adventurers have to try to save – a. Uh, Someone that's sick, and so it's wisdom medicine to see what are they what, what are they sick with, uh, or an intelligence check to spot the source of the problem. And then when you find out what it is, you have to then perform surgery on uh, on the person. And then it's a sleight of hand, which I thought was a really ingenious way of using that skill that was for surgical means. Uh, and then to, in order to, to prevent me, uh, an infection, there was medicine, right? So it's kind of like it's not a it's a uh, a cascade, a, a skill cascade, right? Mm. This skill begets this skill begets this skill. And to Tim's point, I do think that in order to get real buy-in from the players, the players should have some say in something that what makes sense. Well, it's not me just saying, I don't think it's, I, I think in order for it to keep from being really obvious and uh, that it is obviously a skill challenge, right? I think that was part of the problem with 4E was that it was like, okay, we're now going to do a skill challenge. Is everybody ready? Here are the skills that you can roll. Everybody roll your stuff and we'll see what ends up happening. Instead, it, it takes away from it being the the story like mm-hmm. unfolding in front of you. And then the next logical thing that you have to do in order to bypass that next part of the challenge is whatever that skill is, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, the 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 players should surprise you in that. Oh, that's a really good idea. I didn't think about using sleight of hand yep. for the surgery thing. That's a really good idea, right? Um, yeah, so that's kind of that, that's where I land on it. Is I think that it's useful. The problem with it with a skill challenge is that when it's obvious, it's really obvious, and it's just it's hokey. See, if, you, if it's it's right, so right, can right, you, right can in their you face. Give me, can you give me an example? So I'm going to challenge. I, I'm going to challenge. Yeah. So I'm going to challenge partly myself because mm-hmm. I want to see if I can do this um, sure. and and partly us. So so you say you say unless it's really obvious. So can you give me an example of when a skill challenge is really obvious and feels hokey and what I want the three of us to do is try and come up with a way to counter that. Not counter the skill well, maybe it's counter the skill challenge altogether, mm-hmm. but but way to counter the the hokey feeling of it. Right. So well, I think the ho- how do we how do we make it not hokey? Like how do we yeah, use well, I think the, the mechanics ho- to help? The hokiness comes from, from at least from me, and not to, to diverge from your, from your is when it, it's obvious, right? If it, if it is just like an, a, a Okay, well, this is the thing that we're going to do now, right? As opposed to something it evolves out of the story is whenever when it's hokey. It's like because I have had plenty of, especially in fourth edition, I have had lots of eye rolls at my table when I tried to roll out the skill challenge and mechanically the way that it was, and it just didn't it didn't pan out because they were like, oh, this they were doing this thing again. This is this is super obvious. But to your point, um, how, what would we, what would be an obvious example of a skill challenge? A lot of the bypassing traps. Is, is a skill challenge. There's the investigation aspect of 
and it's and it, maybe it's not because it's obvious. It's because it's it's repetitive. It's the same cycle that you're going to end up going through every single time. You're going to check, check for traps. Checking for traps. Okay. Yeah. So perception to do a tra- check for traps. Then do your thieves tools to make sure that you bypass the trap or whatever it is. Dexterity save, that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of – it's a rinse and repeat thing that people are expecting. Oh, here it comes. You know, here's the, me- the mechanic that's coming. It's it's obvious. It's not story driven, right? See, um, okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and say, I guess, to kind of – to help with that is I find that – it's only hokey when you, when I when I present it as hokey, right. in in the sense of um, my my players, pretty much to a T, are completely fine with us saying, and now we're going to do this thing. Think about it. We mm-hmm. do that every time with combat, right? We say roll initiative, and now we transition to another thing. Mm-hmm. The thing that they don't like about skill challenges typically is when we say, well when I apologize for taking them out of it and it feels like this thing we're doing on the side and then we get back to the important thing. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is integration into the story and not making it the separate mini game that we're playing, mm-hmm. make it making sure that it feels like a part of the ongoing story that gets us further down the road and mm-hmm. doesn't pause the game for five minutes. How do you do um, initiative? Cause I'd consider that a skill check. I consider that a skill challenge. It's a different sort, but I still kind of consider it a skill challenge because it still matters on like requiring you to roll dice and use an ability to balance out your numbers, right? So, I mean, so I, how do you? Because it instantly it instantly breaks the story depending on how you do it. So, because yep. because it kind of goes to what you're talking about using a skill challenge. So when you roll initiative, um, do you prep the story and then look at the players and say, "And now roll initiative," yep. or? Mm-hmm. Or, because you can't always do that. So that works if they're going into a cave and they come into a dungeon, you describe a dragon that opens its eye and looks at you with one big eye. And as it does, it kind of breathes and you see fire coming out and roll initiative. And they're like, oh, shit. But but you can't always do that. Sometimes they're prepping stuff. And if they're prepping an ambush, you don't want to let on that you know that the bad guys already prepped an ambush for their ambush to happen. So you can't look at them and say, by the way, roll initiative. Because now they know that it's up. So. Yeah. Uh, during this time of online gameplay, I have readopted uh, something that I used to do. And that is as soon as they combat it, or as soon as we start the game, it's like, okay, go ahead and roll initiative. Hmm. What we're getting in a fight? No, I, I need an initiative so that way I can keep things in order. Okay, and we just go through whatever it's like, and that way I can make sure that everybody has had their say, round after round. I integrate. Okay, I know they're coming up to this area, and this area they're going to fight these monsters. If so, I will roll the initiative for the monsters, and I'll set them where they need to go, and blah blah blah. Oh, it's an ambush. Uh, the, initi- the the monsters go on this initiative. And nobody, everybody else is surprised. So the monsters attack. What? Oh my gosh. And now it's your <laughs> turn. And now it's your turn. Oh, the monsters are back again because that was a surprise check or the, the, the round that you were all surprised. So they're fighting again. Now it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then once the combat is over, okay, roll initiative again. So that way we're ready for whatever mm-hmm. comes up. And it, that way my story doesn't suffer. I don't have to stop and it can just flow right into that combat. And or even though I do like the, the uh, like the adrenaline dump of 
World Initiative. Oh yeah, we're gonna fight. You know that mm. kind of thing. Oh yeah, it's no, also no, fun don't get me wrong. To, I'm not saying right you should it. get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's how I've been. I've I've been doing uh, initiatives lately to kind of mm. help, just kind of flowing because it's all right there on your little initiative tracker on Roll Twenty or whatever, and <laughs> you just go right along. So as far as, so I would uh, taking this in a in a slightly different bend, like. I love I love skill challenges, and I I, I a thing of thing that I do a lot in my games is tinker with how do I make these feel like a part of this edition and not something that's tacked on. And so one of the things that I've devised as as what I and and how I use them is I say is there a series of events that take place in this adventure that I don't want to spend a whole session on. I don't feel like they contribute that much to the story. But they're not as simple as one skill check. Um, so a great example that I've got pulled up in front of me is my players can want to assist in the operation of this mining equipment, this huge machine drilling into the earth. I'm not. There's not one check to help for a whole day drilling, but I'm not gonna. We're not gonna spend a whole session on that. So instead, I say they say, "Hey, we want to help with this." I say, "Great, let's do." This is gonna be a skill challenge. And so we settle in. I say, so the first uh, the first check is going to be an athletics check. And I always give a reason why. And I say, so it's a taxing work to be in and around machines and moving rocks all day. So that's going to be an athletics check. You're going to do that check. Then you're going to do an ac- acrobatics check because you're climbing around these machines all day long. You're going to do a tinker's tools check to make repairs on the spot. And you're going to do a vehicles check because sometimes these vehicles need driven in a pinch and they may call upon you to do it. And the number of failures or successes that you get in this check determines the results afterwards, how much you get paid or what you find and things of that nature. But the whole thing is going to take less than five minutes and we've got this montage effect as opposed to one roll, success or fail, or half an hour spent describing each one of those actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've got something that's pretty – that's similar to that. Actually, that happened recently. I had a player that wanted to play Dragon Chess. In the game, mm. and so instead of just saying roll an, in- uh, an intelligence check, or I guess in this circumstance he was proficient in the tool, right? Instead of just saying one check, well that's that's fine, but it's uh, to me at least at the time it was a little boring for that to be the end result, right? So I broke down it mentally on the fly. What are the things that are necessary for you to win at a game? That's like when you're playing chess, it's, it is intuition of knowing what your opponent is going to do. It's thinking multiple steps ahead. It's thinking tactically. It's, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that's kind of going on at one time, noticing the gambit that another player is about to, to, to maneuver that they're about to use on you. So insight, perception, investigation, um, like all of those things, even history using a history check to recall a particular maneuver or uh, a, like a specific gambit that you'd read before in a rule book or something like that, or you'd seen at somebody else use. And so to me, it's the, it is the, it's weaving all of those into the story. Right. And to me, what, what keeps it from being hokey is never saying that that's, that it's a skill challenge. It's like, all right, well you sit down at the table with this grand master chess player and uh, you know, and you can, Maybe even roll an intimidation check to kind of rattle him to maybe make the next roll an advantage that you end up that you end up using, right? So everything leads to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And to borrow some phraseologies from a a, a buddy of mine that I, I really regard, high, have high regard as, in as a DM to fail forward, 
that not I every love failure that Fail. not every Sorry. not ev- <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> not every not every failure should be well that's the end of that you know sometimes the failure is the thing and that's okay because yeah. that because them bumble bungling and being buffoons and like Laurel and Hardy or like the Marx brothers. Sometimes that's, that's the thing that we all remember. It's like, Oh my God, I can't believe that I rolled that Nat one. I would have, we were in such checkers. a clutch maneuver. <laughs> Not checkers. On checkers. Exactly. Oh. Uh, you got completely schooled by this guy. Yeah. So, and, and the, the end result of the loss of the game doesn't have to be binary, right? It doesn't have to be win or lose. It could be, well, you lost, but you gained their respect. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you, you won and you made an enemy out of them because they don't take, because you were being kind of a, you know, because you trounced them so badly, you, you forgot the mercy rule and at least pr- pretend that you were, you know, never that you were giving the them a challenge. Never beat the king of checkers. Never beat the king of checkers. Right. Let the Wookiee win. You didn't let the Wookiee win. Let the Wookiee win. Let the Wookiee win, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that to me is like, it's the, it's the weaving it all together to where it's a, it's a story. And the, the the uh, skill chat the skill checks excuse me are just there to add the randomness that you need to where it's not just me writing it down on a piece of paper and saying this is how it goes right There's- so would you let everyone see all of your rules for that skill challenge or uh-huh. would you do so I'm kind of a d bag when I have some of my tables at the table <laughs> I make my players roll insight and perception in a box that only I can see the answer to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I I've roll seen everything some... else. Everything else yeah. that I roll is out yeah. in front, but but insight and box. perception yes. are yeah. Schrodinger's box, and I'm the only one who sees the result. And I do it that way because, and I even do it like I'll even roll mine in front of them up in a box and then pull it back so I can see it, because right. it's kind of like it's kind of like I I hate I hate that it's the only thing about meta that even the best of players just cannot help. Because you mm-hmm. see that two or that three and you know, you know, yeah. you know, or you see the one. And if I to one, I'll just, I'll just start giggling from behind the screen and show them. I'll be like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I do that. A, I do that quite a bit. Right. The, I don't let none of my, my players don't, don't roll their own stealth, stealth checks. Cause they don't know whether or not they're being, they don't know if they're being clods or not. Like they may think that they're being, they're a, compl- they're a cat, but the, they're running around like a stovepipe dwarf in, in plate mail, making all kinds of ungodly noise, right? So they don't know any better. Now, if they do it in a group, uh, then I will give them the greater than, you know, greater than the sum of its parts benefit of the doubt, right? More players are success- successful on the, the check. They're able to shush the ones that are being loud. And I'll let those roll again, that kind of stuff. But if it's an individual, I'm still doing the rolls though, right? And then there, then that introduces that RP of God, you're being so loud right now, and let them kind of like suss that out between themselves. Yeah. Speaking of that, I'm going to dive onto this. That's a good segue into another way to do skill challenges, which is the group challenge or the group skill check, right? Love and it. Mm-hmm. that is the right way to do it, in my opinion, is to to have if if more than like we t- uh, Tim was talking about it earlier about well, one person fails a perception check and so then everybody wants to roll one mm-hmm. um one way that i've gotten around that is when somebody says they want to roll perception i say well either you can roll perception or the whole group can roll perception and we'll take the average mm-hmm. um and and that makes it a group check and that's great but but what i'm not going to allow is everybody roll perception and as long as anyone gets above a 16 mm-hmm. or whatever then we're going to call it a success right they, um, they get to they, they roll at five times advantage 
you know? Yeah, basically. Yeah, which is yeah. you're going to have somebody succeed out of five people, and that's right. just not the real world. Like, when we get into a herd like that, when we get into a group, we all end up seeing the same things. We all end up noticing the same things, especially when you're traveling. It's May I challenge your language for a moment? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think that I think that that's a fault of of DMs in general is that we consistently try and make things feel or look realistic, mm. and I think that I think that we need to not worry about that. So when you say like that's not how it happens in the real world, I totally agree with you. Sure. However, sure. we need to we need to because that language is very important, not because you used it, but because it's like that's how we all think. We all do it. We'll all sit there. I've heard it at our cons. We'll all sit oh, there and yeah. be like. This dude did that. She did that. I can't believe it. And we'll be like, oh, man, that's not how it happens. It's like, well, yeah, but neither are fairies and dragons in the Feywild. And we're okay if it's not realistic. Yeah. We need to remember that our players are superheroes of their worlds. And, 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 it, and it's okay for them to, like, rock the game. Because that's kind of their intention. That's a fair statement. There's a reason that we don't do cold shots as an example, even though that would totally be a thing in the real world. It's it's mm-hmm. not the game that we're playing. And it's a thing right. in other games. It's a thing in other games. So it's yes. not as, right. like it's a bad system. It's just not the system we're using. Yeah. However, that's a really good point, too, because you can also like take what, what Dave said earlier and be like, you know, like you got these super big, super big uh Called shot. Like if a player rolled a bunch of sequential series of dice in that chess game you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. you have an awesome, awesome series of dice rolls. They just rock it. And if they want to make a specific call about what exactly happens, mm-hmm. sit back and let the player narrate because heck yeah. If I'm oh, a player, yeah. say, what's my kill shot look like? And I say, I don't know. What's it look like? And they say, oh, I go right through his eye and I take out the run. Like, yeah, you do. That's awesome. Even if they rolled a 20, I would let them remove a limb from the monster. Heck yeah, because that dude is coming back and he's going to be mad as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I do a lot of – I'll do a lot of kind of flavor – like verbal flavor text in combat. To, kind of, to embellish, mm-hmm. to embellish the the violence of combat and things like that. But I'm, I'm with you 100 percent that I want my players to be invested in it. Also, tell me what happened whenever, like, you rolled yeah. that natural twenty. What did you do? Whenever, like, tell me about your kill shot, right? So that's that. In order for the, because I'm I'm big on the collaborative element of telling the story. That I don't own the story. We own the story together at the table. And we're all building it up. Uh, and I think that would be the trick of skill challenges, though, is we as DMs forget that that's also part of it. We, we let them do it for, for fights, but when it comes to actually, like, skills, we forget that we're, we're just the arbiter. We shouldn't be creating everything about it, right? Right. So mm-hmm. if you have a series of locks on a door and you fail three out of the four of them, you need to have you, – you, you as the DM – must not have that now be an impossible door. There must be an option for them to succeed mm-hmm. still. So if they failed three of those locks and succeeded on that fourth, well, that fourth needs to be rewritten behind the scenes to be the most important of the locks. And the other ones can maybe break the lock pick kit and maybe maybe do uh, trap damage to the player because acid shoots out and maybe even set off an alarm on the other side because the other ones didn't get triggered. But they cannot say, well, 
You didn't get through the door. Now what are you going to do? Well, yeah. you created a door that the player's going to no longer get through. And I think that's the most important thing about any skill challenge is that no matter what you set up for your skills, no matter what group of skills you're creating, no ma- if that chess game is there and they're rolling all of them, or that checkers game, they need to be able to win it. Even if they fail, they need to be able to win somehow. There has to be a, a solid storyline for them even if they fail forward like you said earlier yes. right there's a but really you have to be ready for that as a dm there's a really cool system i want to hype another system here but monster of the week does a really good job of this oh so good because there's no such thing as a stagnant roll there's no such thing as a roll that does nothing you're when you roll either something good happens and you continue forward in that so if you're picking the lock and you and you succeed on the check the door opens and you move forward and the story continues. If you mm. roll and you roll poorly, guards come or something happens to where mm-hmm. the story does not stop with the door. It's right. it just now there's a there's something else that gets injected in that wasn't to your benefit. Um, another system that does this good is um, I think Troy talks about this one a lot, but um, uh, the the Star Wars system um, yes. with its with its oh, lock. God. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna mention it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. You want to be a good DM at D and D? Oh my God, go play Edge you of the said, Empire. Yes, yeah. holy Empire. Yeah. crap. Yeah, just go. Like I would, I would encourage because I know that. A lot of times there's groups or people that don't have time nor people nor interest in playing another whole system. That's fine. Go watch two episodes of it online. Just go find another group that's playing it and just get blown away for a couple hours on how a different system is used to create a whole different feel, especially Edge of the Empire uh, and Monster of the Week in this case. You'll you'll realize how non-binary – this sort mm-hmm. of thing yes. can be just with the tiniest of tweaks. So I'm, conv- I'm convinced influence the system. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm convinced that's where that like my philosophy changed after playing Edge of the Empire. Yeah, like I agree. hands down, easily hands down. I learned so much as a as a dungeon master by GMing and being GM'd in that in that that rule set and giving it a more cinematic feel. Where there was, mm-hmm. it was, I was not the one that was in control of the set dressing. I gave them, like, okay, here's the room and here are the dimensions. Here are a couple things that are in there. But if you tell me in this tavern that there is a clay tankard that's right next to you that you want to use to smash somebody in the face with, that's that's fine by me. It's like, there. The, the well, user, or right? even that person in the corner sitting by the fireplace looking like they need to have a conversation with me. I, I would let my players just fly at her. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. However, that does take that does take a lot of confidence in being a DM, and it also takes uh, a lot of trust between you and the player table. So if you don't yes. have that set up, don't feel like you need to do that to have a good mm-hmm. game. Right. No. That's that's really important to remember. You can play any adventure written. Well, I sh- let me clarify. You can play many of the adventures as written with the rules put in place, with no skill challenges, and with standard initiative, and all of these things. And have a great time. You don't yes. need any yeah. of this stuff to create oh, a yeah. good experience. It just uh, sometimes these things tweak it in a positive way. So yeah, yeah. I, it's funny that we were doing this topic uh, last week. I got really super lucky by not be, by uh, setting my players up to totally screw up my plans, mm. and it resulted in a really cool skill challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were in a, they were in the sewer. They had uh, 
met some some creatures down there. They got some items. Um, they get to the end. They're close to their goal. They get to uh, a, an area where all the all the tunnels are converging, and you get the big swirly, you know, sewage pile in the middle. And there's an Odiug fighting. Oh, they're so good. A water weird made of sewage, and they're oh, right nice. there. Amazing. And it's like, well, you guys have to go that way. You have to go around them if you if you want to backtrack and try and figure out how to get around them using your map. It's going to take you probably four or five hours to do that. And one of them says, "Well, why don't we use those flowers that we found that let us levitate?" Yeah, then, why don't you? <laughs> and, then, and then and then the other guy was like. And then I could use my ring that lets me spider climb. And you could tie him off with a rope and we could just pull him like, like a balloon over the top of these creatures oh, fighting. And I'm, my and I'm God. Sitting there, and I, yeah, yes. and I'm sitting there like, crap, that is totally just going to blow this encounter out of the water. So it's like, okay, here's what's going to happen. Okay, yeah, you, you, you eat the flowers, you two are floating. You've tied the rope. Now you've got to hold on to what's his name, so the what's his name can climb up using his his ring, and and circumvent. And we had the map, and it's like, okay, you need to go here, here, and here. Okay, so at this point, this point, this point, and this point, it's like you have to make a check, a dexterity check to make sure you don't slip while you're walking on the walls because there's they're they're throwing sewage everywhere while they're fighting. Mm-hmm. You have to make a check to make sure you can hold on not only to him, but to the rope that you're ballooning the other two with. Mm-hmm. And then you two have to make checks to, to help scoot yourself across the ceiling. So you don't float out above the two monsters. And we made these checks at, at these four points. And then I would make a check for the monsters to kind of like notice. And if they noticed them, a random tentacle would, would flash out and try to hit one of mm. them. And That's cool. it was, it, it was actually really intense. And because at one at it one point, took, it, w- it probably took just as long as the the actual encounter would have taken. So as far as you worried yeah. about your encounter, it probably like the length of your session, it probably ate up just as much time. It, it it pretty much did, and and everybody was just like they were on the edge of their seat. They were just like, oh my gosh, oh I only rolled this much, and and if if they uh, the the guy walking on the walls failed one of his checks, hmm. so he but stepped you don't, in. So that's but that's the catch. You didn't punish him if he failed, right? No. He slid partway down the wall, and it was like, you oh, you have to make another strength check to make sure you keep a hold of the rope. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, and just, yep. okay. So it just kind of set him back a little bit, but they still got, yeah, it, it was it was so much fun, and it was completely unplanned, because I just figured it would be another, another combat, an interesting little combat with these crazy-looking monsters, but no, they... They got they all the way around it. them and and they avoided it and it was yeah. it was brilliant so much fun and they will remember we, that way longer than they right. will remember the it's same throwaway fight yeah, yeah throwaway fight yep. yeah well you know I think part of it do you do you think that it's psychologically it's about tension and release right yes absolutely it's, it's like build build the, each role is a is a build up point is the apex of the tension. And then the release is either the good or the bad that comes from, comes from it, right? I think my, Matt Colville had a really good example that's really similar to yours, actually, Troy, uh, that he gave for skill challenges. And it was um, – it revolved around 
I'm trying to think. Oh, they were uh, escaping from Castle Rend, right? The castle yeah, is I remember that, yeah. fall, falling down around their ears, and it was they didn't of uh, the minutia of square by square moving out was too much, and then just saying that they got out was too little, right? Mm-hmm. So the skill challenge became this. It wasn't pass fail. It was all it did is it just built more tension. Oh, now you're lost, and you, or you you're pinned under a stone, and now you have to help somebody else get out. And there, it, there was never he wanted them to get out. There was there was a chance that if everything went horribly horribly wrong, someone could die or that they could all die. But there was like a seventy five percent chance they were going to make it. It just it was just about throwing something else in front of them to create additional tension for the next release and the next release until they build, build, build until they were finally out. You know, it's that, um, it's the, uh, the millennium Falcon coming out of the, the Sorry, second death star oh, yeah. at the end of, at the end of uh, return of the Jedi yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. flames and everything in behind him. And you're so relieved that Lando made it. Right. So cool. I mean, that's, uh, that sounds a lot uh, pretty similar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Does anybody else have anything that they want to tie to this discussion, or should we start wrapping it up? Okay. Uh, I think that for a for a next to- next time topic, we should bring up um, uh, seldom or underused utilized monsters like the Adiug. or, or, the, yeah, right. the, or, or like carrion crawlers, water like uh, uh, trash bugs. The, uh, the oh, carrion yeah, crawlers yeah. are some of my favorites, man. Yeah, yeah next time, let's do it. That'd time. be fun. Cool. Awesome. Uh, the only thing that the only thing that I would like to uh, to bring up. Is I think this is a is a very special episode. Not only because we've got the the GM Tim with Aww. us today, but I think we've went this whole time, and John hasn't brought up Dragonlance. Oh my God! I didn't. <laughs> wow. You did. Wow! <laughs> Don't hey, look. Wow. Let me taste the man. I, I was there. I was under the tower of Palanthus. It, it was it was, <laughs> race, it was Raceland and and the mutants, and we were going to talk about rituals. I was right there, and then so there was a scene where there was a scene where Huma had to sneak into one of the uh, camps that was in the uh, in the in the fort in the in the forest, and mm, uh, and mm. there was a skill challenge in there where he definitely mm. failed forward, and I think you yeah, need to he like did. you know give everyone a good. How is that for a DL reference? I went old school, <laughs> baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you right so. now, I'm going to beat this horse. To I know it's dead. I'm going to keep beating the Dragonlance <laughs> horse until they finally release it. And then until it is, until okay, it so everybody can just be satisfied. Why not, why not release it? Put some stuff out. Well, I've, I've put stuff together myself, but you, well, you I go. can't put anything on DM's Guild or anything like that. It's all personal stuff, obviously. Sure, sure, but sure. Yeah. Finger, yeah. Like, I'll just, I'll be. Like in eager anticipation until they actually do. May that I'll day, so may that day some soon day. come. What's that? I'll play with you one day. Oh man, are good, you kidding me? I'd be, I'll, I'll no, I'm down. Up. I'm down. I love it. I, I okay. Legend of Huma was the first fantasy book I ever read. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's that a good really? one too. Richard Knack, yeah. man. Well, that's okay, a, sorry. Yeah. Wait, wait, I have that. wait. I have that book. Wait. It was the first fantasy book outside of like Chronicles of Narnia, like the classics, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I read you. Chronicles of Narnia growing up every year. I got you. They were my first. That's the one I remember. I never read Lord of the Rings. I still haven't read Lord of the Rings. Oh. Wow. I can't get past the first oh. book. I well, can't this is a good episode, Hobbit. guys. Let's go ahead and shut her down. <laughs> I'm fully admitting. <laughs> it reminds me of, it's like reading Deuteronomy. It's like begat, 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 begat. I'm like, oh my God. It, it is. I love it, man. but I haven't well, you think read it. I can't read, you his, think that's I can't tough? read his writing. If you think Lord of the Rings is tough, try reading the Silmarillion. Reading no, the Silmarillion. I try. No, my thing. brother lives for it. Oh man. So here's I do too. Here's no, the no, awesome, I do too. Yeah. 
my, my uh, so my brother and I used to have the Zach, greatest conversations control. about this stuff, but we couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't meet because I knew all of it from the Middle Earth roleplay days, oh, which really? was all about skill yes. challenges. Yeah. Huh? Yes. So Rollmaster was all about Look at rolling. GM Tim bringing it See? all the way back oh, around GM to skill Tim. challenges. Yeah, yeah. He knows about that? Rollmaster, but, yeah, man. But, Zach, yeah, but, Zach was of little faith. He backed away from the subject, but GM Tim. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Back. So those skill challenges, that was the whole thing was skills. Like you yeah. had skills out your bazoo, right? Yes. Like it. It put three five and Paizo to shame, and it, and it was still, it was still about making sure that you succeeded, making right. sure that you did this awesome thing, and making sure that if you didn't need to roll, don't worry about it. And I think that even said it in some of the earlier stuff because mm-hmm. the point was you're in Middle Earth. That's the point, right? I played Merp, so it was all about that. And I knew more about Middle Earth than my brother for years because I had read all those splat books, but I never ever once read the actual trilogy. And so even during the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. And I listed off all the stuff. They're like, where's that from? Like these books from the 19 friggin' 80s that I found in some (laughs) bookshelf that I don't remember anymore? Oh. I'm going to send you a link after this. If you ever find yourself... Like on a long trip, and you need something to listen to. The book is really hard to read. The audiobook, the version of the audiobook that I've got, is like this guy's voice is velvet, and it, he's reading you poetry for I don't I think, need sixteen hours. Crush. Oh, it's so but the way he like all the, like the way that he his intonation and his pronunciation of everything. It is just like. It's amazing. It's butter. It is so butter. I'm down. If, I'm down. If you, if you don't like it after like 15 minutes, you, you'll probably hate it. But it is absolutely gorgeous. I so. will give it. I will give it the 15 minutes. Then I will. I will, I will hook give you it up. proper 15 minutes. Here we go. I'm looking for it right now. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. As if there's a place to go at this point. So <laughs> we've gone everywhere there is to go at this point. No, I love it. Um, I'm gonna have to check out Middle Earth Roleplay because. Uh, that is it's the same ice. system that I talked about last time about the the the, the role master Iron yeah. Crown Enterprises. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. it's an old old. So it was it was it was what second edition could have been mm. if it had a lot of charts and and it had it had come out. You know, if I remember my D anD D history, it had come into existence because. The people who played it were hardcore D and D fans and wanted to take it in a different direction. So they got permission to take it, and and sort of like uh, OGL um, the the system to uh, to roll uh, roll master. Gotcha. And I might be completely wrong, and I and I fully admit I'm 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 I know my D and D history mixes sometimes. So, um, I will say that I I that was the only D and D I played until fourth edition. Ooh, wow. Was was hey. Merp? Yeah, I never played second. I never played Red Redbox, and I've I've played three five once, but uh, it, it I soon found out that it was actually Pathfinder I was playing, and and fourth was the first D and D I ever actually played. Wow, wow. awesome! Right yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I've okay. played all the other. I would say if you want to do skills properly, l- play other games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and they will they will show you new ways to use skills and new ways to tell stories. Yep. Be a narrator, be a be a game master, be a judge, be a storyteller, be anything other than a dungeon master, 
and and you will you will have the coolest games that you could possibly have because you won't be focused on just the dungeon anymore. Yep. Exactly right. Cool. Well, hey, we are at time. And this feels like a halfway decent spot to end this episode. <laughs> as good as any at this point. Uh, slash, so- slash STFU, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. No, not at all. Uh, thank you, Tim, for coming on. I really appreciate oh, you man, stopping. Absolutely. Yeah. So much fun. Oh, man. Fun. Uh, we're going to have to have you on again uh, sooner yes! rather than later. Uh, Woohoo! I'm down. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Perfect. Perfect. We're recording right after this, so you can jump on. Um, Score? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. So definitely uh, keep your eye on uh, Norse Foundry for uh, the Fierce Adventures put out by yes, Tim. Yes, Keep your we eye will out. Be out soon. Where yeah. are where could they find your Goblin Adventure if they wanted to check that out? Uh, it is on DM's Guild. Uh, the official title is... Uh... Oh, no. I don't remember off the top of my head right now. Um... Oh, so you want to be a goblin. That's number one. And number two is going to be called The Beast. And the series is called I Am Goblin and So Can You. Um, I wrote season nine, six, uh, for the Adventures League. Um, hmm. and it was my first adventure ever. So please be patient. Be, uh, but be I'm critical still pretty... and give him a lot of good feedback. Yeah, good feedback. <laughs> if you give me good feedback, I will totally listen to it. If you, if you first messages, your game sucked. I'm not going to talk to you. I know the maps aren't great. It was my first adventure ever. Give me a break, right? <laughs> Do you even write D and D, bro? Do you even write D and D? Whatever. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, no. Um, uh, the gmtim.ca is the best place to, and, and, you know, Instagram, Twitch, uh, Twitter, Facebook group. It's all the GM Tim. So come say hi. Gorgeous. Awesome. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I think I am too. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. You can check out us at, uh, Bite Size Gaming on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and you can check out, uh, some of us playing games online every week at the Drifters Atlas. So, uh, you can definitely give those things a look. Uh, check out all the Kickstarters and all the cool stuff that we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. And until next week, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Have a good night. <laughs>